Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Put him in the hole. Put him in the hole of fame. Parkinson Spiegel to the wreck. Killed it in a foul. We're going to crank it up nonstop. I just hope they trade Zach Levine to a, a contender. You know, he had, he had a stretch there where he was looking really good, especially when Alonzo Ball was there, but no Alonzo Ball and you know, it has to be hard for a player when you hear your name trading one more. Like, I was traded five times, but I didn't know. I just got traded during the middle of the night. But you hear all year, I'm getting traded, I'm getting traded, I'm getting traded. He should probably just go in there and say, hey, I'm not going to play until you trade me since you want to trade me. But, you know, they're rebuilding, they're, you know, resetting. But, you know, the type of player he is, I think if you trade him to a contender, he can definitely help. Because when he was on his game, you know, we talked about him a lot. That's Shaq on uh, Inside the NBA talking about Zach Levine. And I appreciate Vegas all coming in again. There's some overflow from the from the texters here. For once, can Parkins, who makes an informed, compelling, even logical opinion, respect that one might equally be in disagreement? Why does someone have to win every argument? Unfair. Right. Yeah. All right, loser. Someone does have to win. It's a zero-sum Stop game. It. I'm just kidding. I literally said to the commercial break, I said, I thought that was a healthy conversation because you both weren't trying to convince the other of your argument. You were just making it. Yeah, well. That's key. I knew I wasn't going to change his mind, but. Oh, he mean, was not budging. Doesn't mean I don't think that he's <laughs> dead-ass wrong. Um, but, so, I don't, do you, pay, do you, uh, I don't know if you'd pay for ESPN Plus. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Okay. That's what the trio, you know, the Disney Plus thing. With yeah, kid, right. With yeah, the kids. The, the yeah. Disney Plus, right. So it comes with. I, I, I pay for it. I'm like, I, I hate that they put these guys behind a paywall, but like, I read Zach Lowe, I read Passon, I read Barnwell. Like they, they got me. You know what I mean? They just they they got, they got me. You kind of so, do it for a living, so I get it. Yeah, it's exa- okay. You don't it, have to like, you know. I know, but I'm just saying, like, it, <laughs> because some of this stuff's really good. It's really juicy, and these are their best guys who do a bunch of long form stuff, and then, then they put it all behind the paywall, and and it bothers me, and so. Bobby Marks, I think, does good work. He's been in a front office, and he basically like created and carved out the niche of front office insider in media for e- for ESPN because people got more interested in uh, trades, salary cap, 
all of that. Basically, like the fantasy footballization of the NBA. It got really big. He created this niche for it. I actually talked to him uh, for for the book that I wrote that's coming out in April that you guys are going to get real sick of me promoting on the show over the next few months, by the way. Uh, Pipeline to the pros. Pre-order link is available now. How D3 small college nobodies rose to rule the NBA. Forward by Jeff Van Gundy. Um, but we'll be talking more about that later. But talk to Bobby Marks for that anyway. Good guy. Super qualified. Very interesting. And he did a, a long, long, long piece on ESPN.com about a trade offer that he would like to see every team make. And he did, you know, what assets they had, what pick swaps they had, what their cap space was, what their present general manager's uh, history was with in-season trades, all of it. Like, it was, it's, it, it has to be 20,000 words. Like, it, it is super in-depth. But I like, all right, control F bulls. Right. And I was like, I go to the bulls one. <laughs> that's great. Right. I mean, that's right. That's what you do. That's what you do. And the trade that he suggests for Zach Levine is Gordon Hayward, Nick Richards, and two second round picks. Gordon Hayward is currently not playing basketball. He is a buyout candidate in Charlotte, coming off injury, 33 years old, averaging 14 points a game. Now, he is an expiring contract, so the argument basically is... Get out of the Levine situation. Get out of the Levine situation and create $30 bucks in cap space for yourself next season. To spend on nobody. In a bad free agent year. In a a bad free agent year. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh my God. I mean, that is, that is nothing. That, 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 That is straight getting out of the contract, getting no asset, not getting a first round pick, not getting a lightly protected first round pick, not getting like an exciting young player who is blocked by an older vet, you know, like another team's Patrick Williams. You know, that that's not trading for Markel Fultz. You know what I mean? Like a, like a former number one pick who's bounced around but has some talent. Like that, that that's not trading for like uh, OG Ananobi. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, like a guy who's under contract for a couple of years and has some upside. That That's not the seventh overall pick. Uh, Chris Dunn, Zach Levine trade for Jimmy Butler was like you get a draft pick and you get a top uh, fifth pick in Chris Dunn and you get a young, exciting, athletic dude in Levine and you hope that one of those assets hit. I mean, that is nothing. That, that, that is that is that is nothing. And I don't know if that's the best they can do. That would strike me. If let's put it this way. If if Arturis Karnishevis, who clearly is interested in trading Zach Levine, has called up 29 general managers, and the best that he can get is a couple of second-round picks and Gordon <laughs> Hayward's expiring contract? At that point, you just keep him. I would expect <laughs> Zach Levine to be on the Bulls the rest of the season. Yeah, I, can, I, I, can. I would. That is, dude, that is nothing. Because, because it, 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 it's not a max contract slot. It's not enough for a max player. And it's not a good free agent year. So what you you all that does is clear some cap space. That's all that does. 
it doesn't even add a piece this year to try to like turn the nine seed into the seven seed and make a run into the playoffs. You'd probably buy out Gordon Hayward. Like that that is nothing. So I have no idea if he's right. That strikes me as low even for Levine. The injury to the the, the ankle sprain is terrible timing. And I know he's in L.A. with the Bulls and at practice today, according to Casey Johnson, and seeing UCLA people. And, you know, he's out there on the West Coast with the team. But, and maybe you can't trade for an injured guy, and it, this is what's going to happen anyway. But when I read that, I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy, is that a bad situation. Yeah, Bulls are definitely in trouble with trying to figure things out. I mean, I think you, when you're talking about a guy like Zach Levine, and, I mean, it just seems so... There was there was a moment where a lot of people were looking at him as you know being able to take that next leap, being able to be a guy that was playing with Team USA that could hold his own on that court. And then I'm telling you, it's the agent, it's the money, it's really the money. Uh, once he got the money, I was really shocked at Zach Levine because I thought he'd get the money and say to himself, you know, I want to be a Devin Booker type or a guy that's like a a fringe superstar, but would welcome talent on the team because he wanted to build something here and it was quite the opposite got his money and he was like cool got my got my contract well now I'm out of here because you guys suck and I really was disappointed in him for that because I really felt like he had an opportunity to take ownership of the team and I think a lot of that kind of plays into these other teams around the NBA looking at Zach Levine as a component to their championship run and they see a guy that you know I'm not saying he doesn't care because I've seen his work ethic over the last couple of years, but people feel that way because that's now the narrative that that is surrounding a Zach Levine, where it's like ah, ah, he can help, but he's not he's not the guy, you know. He he, he can help like be a third option or maybe a fourth option or come off the bench, and it's like I think he did this to himself after getting that money, thinking he was the man, believing he was the man, and not understanding like you still have to put in that work and have some sense of ownership to the team that you're on to make people want to want to play with you. There is no defending the Zach Levine that played the first 18 or 19 games of this year before the first injury. He was, he was bad. He was not living up to the contract. He was not as efficient as he had been. He was not terribly interested on the defensive side of the floor. He was bad. For a stretch of games last year, he was really good. Like, this texter saying... Zach's a volume scorer with bad percentages. Like, that's just objectively not true. Last year, Zach Levine shot 48.5% from the floor, 37.5% from three, 85% from the line. That's efficient. That is efficient scoring of the basketball. And he had a stretch where, I mean, he was higher than that. I remember Goff, Casey Johnson, and I all thought coming into this year that he was going to make a real run at being a 50-40-90 guy. 50% from the floor, 40% from three, 90% from the line. Because for like two months last year, that's what he was. So when Zach is right, he is a high-level scorer who is also efficient. Now, you could say he's not a winning player, that he makes too many bad mistakes uh, at the end of games, isn't a good facilitator, isn't a consistent enough defensive player. There are plenty of valid criticisms of Zach. But when Zach is right, he's a great scorer and he's an efficient scorer. 
Yeah, the issue is he just that, has not been that this year. And he just doesn't do it well inside of an offense. I think when you're watching Zach play, it's it's give me the ball. I'm the best player on the floor, and I can score on anyone. And that's the mentality you see when he has the ball. And it's not a you know like a some moments you find like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown where they have to play in the offense and and find find moments for buckets within it. That doesn't happen too much for Zach. You never see him slashing off of a screen, getting the ball from Vooch, and then driving to the rim. It's give me the ball on the on the right wing and let me cook. Or, you know, I get the ball with six seconds left because no one wants to shoot, and now I have to create my, my own offense. And so if he was more efficient in that way, again, I think it, he'd be more palatable to a lot of teams. I just think it's unfortunate that, that that's the case. But, again, I think he did it to himself. He's been on bad teams where he's had to carry these squads, and then he's never had a chance to adjust and, and play like – a real type of winning basketball. It's my team sucks. Let me go out, hit seven threes, score 32, and hope that in the fourth quarter we're winning, you know, when the buzzer sounds. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying, man. Um, I think some of this is injury. I think some of this is clutch. I think some of this is... A lot of it's clutch. Uh, you know, clutch sports. Uh, I think some of it is just like the DNA and the makeup of the person and, and all of that stuff. And I was wrong. I was wrong about Zach. Like, I I still think every team in the NBA would have given him the max contract if they were in the situation the Bulls were in. I still think that was the move to make. It was the right thing to do. Like, I, I know it has aged terribly, but if you didn't give him the max, he was going to take the max for four years from someone else. Sacramento. And, and you would have lost him for nothing. And I know you would say, well, they'd have the cap space now. Okay, it is terrible business to have max contract caliber players, two-time All-Stars, which is what Zach was at the time, leave for nothing and you not be willing to pay them. You think the Bulls struggle to get free agents now? Imagine what would happen if that had happened. So I still think giving him the max contract was the right move. And I think the, the max contract would be tradable if he was playing like he played last year once he was healthy. Like, I don't think we're that far removed from Zach playing to a level where at least someone would not be terrified of taking on this contract. But since last year, what's happened is he's made a trade demand and he's played his worst basketball in years and he's gotten hurt two more times. And you got two guys next to you and you can't coexist. So how am I going to bring you into my organization with my two studs and think that you're going to be able to operate at a high level there? Right, right. He Exactly. And the Bulls won games at a higher clip than they were winning with him. So, like, that points to him not being a winning player. So, he I, – I know most – like, I got, I got a ton of heat at the time for saying that you had to give him the max contract. Um, and a lot of people say, like, they're I, – I was I, on board with that. I still think that was the move that every general manager in the NBA would have made if they were in Arturis's position because you can't lose a guy like that for nothing, which is exactly what would have happened. People were like, oh, do a sign-in trade. He would not have agreed to that. He would not have agreed to that. He would have just taken the max contract from someone else in free agency. Oh, sign and trade. Yeah, it sounds great. Except he wouldn't have done it. So you know what I mean? Like that. That's just a. That's just a. It's a fantasy. So I. They're screwed. If, if that is, if Bobby Marks is right, and that is the market that's out there for Zach Levine, Bulls fans need to get. Used, I can't believe that they. Well, they need to get used to. The same talking points for another trade deadline cycle and another offseason. Because, and you're going to have to play Zach. And you're going to have to play him a lot 
because you're going to need to figure out a way to rebuild his trade value. So if you like, oh, I like watching the Bulls more when Zach's not out there. I got bad news for you. Like he he is going to be out there because I, I don't think that a player that is that – we are not that far removed from him playing high-level basketball. Not great basketball, but oh, yeah. scoring 27 points per game, shooting 40% from three. You know what I mean? Like, like playing high-level – I mean, he is that. that. Right. Yeah. Right. So – we're not, and it's not like he ruptured his Achilles or blew out his knee again, right? He's had he's had some bad luck with some of these injuries, right? Rolling an ankle, taking a bad fall, et cetera. So, like, I, if that's the market, simple economic principle of buy low, sell high, this would be selling in the basement. This would be selling below the basement. This would be this would be selling at the Earth's core. It would be selling so low on Zach Levine. I just I don't think they'll do it. I yeah, think he's I think, gonna be. I think he's gonna be a bull. Yeah, the only reason or the only way that they actually end up pulling a trigger for something like that is if the the locker room is loud enough to say, hey, we prefer this. Because there, there was moments, even in the last couple of games, where they, they, the game where Zach rolled his ankle in the first quarter, first half, you know, when they ended up winning that game at the end and coming back, like the team looked amped. They looked excited. They looked like they were having fun. And I felt like I can't remember the last time I've seen that with a Zach, like with, with Zach cheering with the team. So, I mean, if it comes down to it, I'm sure a lot of guys are just be like, whatever, man. Get rid of them. Get whatever you can, and we'll just move forward with it. But I can't imagine that the floor is that low of Gordon Hayward and two second-rounders. They're all saying the right things right now. I and, and he was, like, deferential to a fault when he came back. So I think he's trying to rebuild it. I just uh, – I mean, here's why I can kind of believe it. He's playing bad basketball, and he's hurt. So – and – Bobby Marks isn't the first person to say it, right? Brian Windhorst has talked about there being no trade market for Zach. Woe just talked about there being no trade market for Zach. I, I think he misplayed this horribly with the timing of it and the poor play and now the injury, some of it in his control, some of it out of, out of his control. I'm just, I'm just trying to brace Bulls fans for, like, if you're thinking, oh, February 8th. It's not that far away. Can't wait to see who the Bulls got. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not that far away. <laughs> right, February 8th. It's going to be very different. If he doesn't come back soon and play well, I just I don't see much of a path. They don't seem inclined to trade DeRozan, which means I think they're going to extend DeRozan. And if you're getting nothing for Levine, they won't sell him for nothing. They're going to want a first-round pick. They're going to want, you know Young what I mean? Young player and a first-round for sure. You know, like, I, I think they're stuck. I think they were just straight up stuck. I feel bad for AK because, you know, he had a good idea. And then the ability to pivot from that, he there's hurdles in the way of that pivot, right? Where he now has to take the second duration of this team and be like, okay, what, what is this going to be now? I don't have Lonzo. It, it's kind of ran its course. Okay, I'm trying to move on from that. I'm trying to go in a different direction. But damn, nobody wants Levine. And I can't, there are no free agents available. I can't get a good draft pick. Like, ah, what am I going to do? I don't know how. And I think that. We're complaining about an AK, not you, Danny, but I'm saying fan base is upset because they want him to do different things. But it's like, give me the alternatives. Don't tell me the problems. Tell me the solutions. And it's unfortunate because he doesn't have many solutions as a result. And that's the the, the, the un- unfortunate position that AK finds himself in. I'm still curious to see what it looks like because I do, I do want it. I want to be very clear. I do want there to be a different team come trade deadline just because I want to watch something different. Oh, dude, I <laughs> we do this all the time on the show. 
I feel like we need to do uh, qualifiers of what I want to happen, right. what I think will happen. Yes, yes. Of course, I want the Bulls to be blown up, torn down to the studs, build around Kobe White, get yeah. as many young assets as you can, as many lottery ticket draft picks as you can. And, you know, this team's going nowhere fast and they're just getting old. So tear it down sooner. than That's what I want to have happen. But takes two to make a deal. And <laughs> I just I I think that they are straight up stuck if those are the types of things that are being proposed. Also, man, if you're Charlotte and you've got a thirty million dollar expiring contract in Gordon Hayward, you could probably get more of a sure thing than Zach Levine for it. You know, like I I, I just I, I think I think that that is a I think they are in trouble if uh, if that's what's out there. Want to talk? Uh, we'll talk to John Morosi in an hour about the rest of the Cubs' offseason and uh, his experience in Cooperstown and some other baseball things. But want to talk about one of the more Chicago stories we've seen in a long, long time. Next on the score, we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.